Reaching Tax Flow podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us here on Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast on episode 29 today, looking at Nashville, Tennessee as a market spotlight. We have a great guest joining us as always. Uh, This gentleman has a fantastic story, um, really a fantastic story, how he came here to the States as well as how he got into real estate. He's a fantastic guy, fantastic entrepreneur. Um, His voice may sound pretty familiar to you if you've ever tuned into HGTV. Uh, He's got a cool, cool little story on that as well, too. So we look forward to jumping into this. But before we do that, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor that is directly correlated with today's topic. This podcast is brought to you by The Mortgage Shop. Tired of jumping through hoops just to get an investment mortgage? That's frustrating. The Mortgage Shop have loans with LTV of up to 89.99%. Exploring their products and discovering how they can work for you is a breeze. Simply visit mortgage.shop or call 865-325-2566 and tell them TTF sent you. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm John Trapolsky, one of the co-hosts here. As always, to my right, Chris Pakira. How are you, sir? I am an amazing. I'm amazing today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I am geared up and ready for this one. So I'm really excited. I'm going to let you, Michael's coming. Up. I'm going to let you do the intro. Ooh. So this guy actually has kind of. I'm not going to lie. He's got a cooler bio than you, man. Like I, I don't. I don't want to break your heart. Um, but again, I'll let you introduce him. But our topic, we're going to kind of focus on Nashville a little bit today. And of course, you're going to be biased because you've left me in the cold Michigan all by myself to freeze and you know chisel icicles off my beard. So we'll talk about your Nashville. But introduce our guest, man. Who, who do we got here? Well, I am honored to have Michael Gomez on the podcast today. Well, we both are honored, but I'm really excited. Um, luckily, John, you're not going to have to sing or songwrite, but Michael is a singer-songwriter, but a stud real estate investor, entrepreneur. Um, he has he owns Hive Nashville, which is a very successful brokerage in Nashville. This is our Nashville spotlight for uh, we've done some other market spotlights before that were beachy, but we're hitting the city today. Uh, National Market Spotlight. He owns a property management company. He's done short-term rentals, long-term rentals, developments. Uh, he's uh, He's been on HGTV on the Flipping Showdown. Pretty much everything. Everything. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. joining us. How are you? So good and so excited to be here sharing with you guys, just hanging out because this is all there is. It's just like we're talking shop. We're talking about my favorite kind of shop, which is real estate. And it's the world that I live in, the world that I know really well, and the world that really excites me And when it comes to investments and things like that. So our daily lives are full of real estate deals, analysis, looking at properties and land and what's next and what markets are emerging and what's happening with legislations. So we can talk about anything and everything. Well, I definitely want to dive into Nashville specifically on the, both the short-term, long-term and in midterm uh, rental market. But before, I think one of the reasons that Michael is extremely successful, and you can just tell by listening to this podcast and engaging great guy, is that you started from pretty humble beginnings and you've worked your butt off to get where you're at. And I think you connect really well with people that have done the same. And uh, I feel like the great, you know, both you and I are kind of born entrepreneurs and really just started on our own. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the journey uh, in, in 
to get to the place you're at right now, and then we'll dive into the market. A hundred percent. So I always say that America is the best country in the world. And I'm talking about North America, because when we say America, it includes the whole continent, but let's specify. The United States of America is the best country in the world where an immigrant with broken English can come in with $200 in his pocket and a suitcase full of dreams and actually make a really good life and investments and things and whatever that, that, you know, is very hard to achieve in other countries. I'm from the Dominican Republic, beautiful country, uh, sadly, very corrupt. Uh, and thankfully we have a president now that's getting, uh, the, the independent, uh, justice system that's putting a lot of people in jail that we've never seen that before. So we're very thankful. But when we read about the amount of millions of dollars that the country hasn't gotten because it's been stolen, I mean, it's, 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 it's unfathomable. It's like, we should be like Dubai rich in the Dominican, but because of corruption. So, and the corruption's ingrained in every area. Like if you're going to get a job, it's who you know, who you're related to and all those things. So I could be probably in the Dominican. I'm sure I'd be doing okay, doing well, whatever. But there is no way that I would be doing the way we're doing here financially and doing all this investment properties and all this stuff. So I came here um, with that perspective. And when you come with that perspective from a point of necessity, I think that you see opportunity everywhere. You see opportunities that even people that have been here their whole lives don't see it because you're just used to it. It's like, well, yeah, that's there. But then you come from a different place. and say, Yeah, that's there. And I can do something with it. So I came with that mentality here to the United States. I said, hey, I'm going to come here. And I was I was a musician. So I was playing music. Music, as you may know, doesn't really make you that much money. Even if you have a song on the radio, uh, which my band did and all those things. So, you know, we made a living, but it was just like month to month, you know, and I wanted to be able to create something that was going to be able to take me a little bit further, um, that I could create something for my family, uh, generational wealth, which is very important um, for my generation, you know, and what's to come. So I got into real estate and I was just a regular agent buying and selling residential until one of my clients, who's also a musician and producer, asked me if I knew anything about buying investment properties. And of course, my answer is always, of course, investment properties, man, I got you. I didn't even know what a 1031 exchange was. I didn't know what a cap rate was. I didn't know what cash flow was or anything like that, but he did. So, and as I started serving him and buying rental properties for him, I also started making more money because now I'm doing real estate and music. And I said to myself, well, I'm, I'm, I follow these guys and they, they're just like, you know, they make this cash flow every month, meaning they buy this property and after all is said and done, they also have this, this leftover money and then this property is going to appreciate in price. And then they also get tax benefits and they get to write off the interest of that mortgage. At least back then, I don't know if that changed now because I'm not a CPA, but, but it was like all these things. I'm like, I need to be buying investment properties. Then I read, I read Rich That Poor Dad. And I'm like, shoot, I really need to buy investment properties. I gave the book to, to my wife because she was like, why do you want to buy these investment properties? And I'm like, read this, read this. And she read it. And then before you know it, with uh, everything that I was making in real estate, music was paying our living expenses. Everything I made in real estate from buying and selling, which I still do to this day, most of it goes to either taxes <laughs> or buying investment properties, you know, or, or and both. So I don't necessarily live of what I do from real estate. I just like we invest, invest, and every now and then we sell one or two properties and make they get this big chunk of money and then move on and reinvest it. So that's kind of like really my my beginning was just that coming here as an immigrant and and um had no plan B. It's like I'm gonna make it work and I'm gonna make it work and got really good at real estate. 
And now blessed to have, you know, the brokerage and a property management company and another property management company and a new construction renovation company after we did a show on HGTV, that's just really cool. And now even a, a luxury transportation company that I'm partners with. So a little bit of everything here, not just real estate, um, even though real estate is still my, my biggest uh, thing that I like to do. So that's that. Well, I think one of the things we talk about, at least when we do consulting of, of other CPAs is you say people don't, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is exactly what, when you had an investor, they didn't ask you how much you knew about investment properties or quiz you. They, they trusted you and they knew you would figure it out because nobody knows everything. There's sometimes people come to our teaching tax flow here with an oddball question. Uh, don't, we don't know the answer, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to find a resource that does. So, um, so you so you found yourself in Nashville for, through music, and it yeah. uh, sounds like I'm, I know some of these answers, by the way. But you know, <laughs> I know everyone knows John. Friends for a lot, for a few years, and you have saved me a, a lot of money, and I'm very thankful. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. Um, so, can you talk to us about the Nashville market? Um, we have obviously. I'm in the Nashville area. We have an influx of people moving there. It's a growth area. Um, first of all, from maybe we could start with the primary residence piece of it. And then I'd love to jump into some of the short-term rental or STR uh, opportunities. But from starting off with the primary residence, a lot of times uh, people move to Nashville and their, their first step is, well, I want to rent something that, you know, could the prices still continue to go up? A lot of people now are moving from the coasts, which, um, so they're coming from a higher, I came from Detroit. So for us, it was sticker shock. You know, some of these folks, but some of these folks are coming from a very high cost of living area, but I feel like Nashville has really grown, especially over the last seven years since we've been there. But what, um, can you give us kind of a 30,000 foot view of maybe what someone should be looking for if they're looking for a primary residence in Nashville and yeah. A hundred percent. So, you know, we have in every market, there's two different markets or three or several. Right now, we're going to talk about the residential market, just re regular. You want to buy a house to live in, primary residence. And then we're going to talk about investments, regular rentals and short-term rentals. So on the regular market, uh, obviously, it's not like last year, this time where we had crazy craziness. I'm talking about uh, for one of our clients, we submitted 48 offers before wow. we got that they kept getting beat and beat by people buying cash, people overbidding, people uh, waiving appraisal and inspection contingencies and everything. Now, we don't have that. Um, what we have now is a little bit more of an even market where I tell everybody that if you list a, a house and you price it right, that house will sell pretty much. What I'm also telling some of my developers and builders that were making a lot of money last year, I say, hey, you're still going to make good money, just not crazy money. It's still going to be profitable but it's not going to look like what we had last year that we before we even were finished with the houses, we already had three, four, five offers. Mm -hmm. So that has thinned down. Uh, now, with that said, uh, I got a house under contract for a client last week and he had to pay 15,000 over. The house had three offers. Had right. 100,000 uh, price range. So we're slowly seeing more and more and more and more of the market heating up where I feel like right now is white hot here. So again, you list a property, the price is right, somebody's going to buy it. That's on the regular. Now, what's happening is that people, in my opinion, okay, and I could be wrong, sometimes I am, um, is that people got used to the rate. The rate, uh, high or low or whatever, the people said this year, year came in, 
hey, I still want to buy a house. The, yeah, the rates is on the sevens or in the six and a half. A lot of builders and sellers are buying the rate down, and that's been very helpful. We closed a house yesterday, uh, last week, new construction in Sylvan Park in the 800s, and that interest rate was 4.75 for that buyer, fixed for 10 years. Okay? Now, that gives him time to refinance later on, but he was very happy that the, the debt-to-income ratio, everything was like affected by it. He was very happy that he got that rate, and now that cost the builder $14,000. He was happy to pay it. He moved mm -hmm. that house be quick you know so again maybe last year he would have made didn't maybe he didn't have the necessity to do that and he would have made those 14k profit that's okay he still did pretty good you know so that's that's it so um on the investment side of things we have now especially talking about airbnb last year you would list an airbnb actually it would be minus two days in the market you would just call some of the brokers that did that did the airbnb market and say hey right what i got coming and you would sell it or you would put in the market, have 10 offers, 15 offers, over asking price. Now we have a healthy inventory of Airbnbs uh, that are allowed personing to operate as a non-owner occupant. Because you have here legislations and rules like every city, I imagine, or most cities where you can do in certain zones, you can do as, as an investor, in certain zones, you can do it as a homeowner that you live there. So um, we have a healthy inventory and... And the market's still good. People still want to stay in Airbnbs here in Nashville, but the, the interest rates are making the deals not being as good as they were. So now if you're an investor, sometimes you're paying 8% interest rate. Now, when you do a performa at an 8% interest rate, that and, and, so, and that performa last year was 4.5, or about, you're going to see that cash flow going like this. So there's a lot of people really kind of in the sidelines just saying, hey, um, I need to uh, wait a little bit to either the price come down a little bit. And I've seen some of that. There's some Airbnbs that were 725 that are 690 right now. And maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you offer 650 you know? So it's like, I think a lot of people are not used to coming here to the Nashville market because it's been hot for so long. They're not used to coming lower than asking price because they're thinking they're not used to it. It's just, it's, it just didn't happen, you know, last year. So now you can come in and say, hey, I'll give you this much. Does this work? And some buyers are saying, I'll take it. Well, I remember about a year ago, and you had a great perspective. We were talking about this, and you said that whenever a, whenever a market is slinking it too much, 90% to the seller and 10% to the buyer or vice versa, it really is kind of like 95.5 last year probably, it's really an unhealthy market. And it sounds oh, yeah. like water's finding its level now. Mm -hmm. um, on the short-term rentals or the investment products, the, the interest rates are making the numbers really tight, uh, especially like a, with an STR or short-term rental, we were typically looking at, you know, we've got the 1% rule with, with uh, single family homes, but the, a lot of people like to follow with a 15% rule. So a $600,000 property needs to gross 90,000 as a short-term rental. And that's getting tight with the interest rates being higher. Uh, but I do think, yeah, water's finding its level a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, hopefully that, that we don't have, um, too much, too many foreclosures or anything like that, and especially in Nashville. And I used to sell a lot. Of, I used to sell a lot of foreclosures when I became a, a, a an agent. I think I don't know that we'll see foreclosures here in, in the you know in the near future at all. I just don't don't see it. Like uh, it would have to be something nationally crazy, and then also locally because we seem to be sheltered from a lot of the stuff that happens in other states. For what I can see, market wise, so. Um, 
don't know. I I forecast a, a good healthy market the, uh, this year. It's just I I I, for, I foresee builders uh, building. Uh, it's also harder to build right now because a lot of uh, uh, the lending on the new construction has gotten really tight. If they must go to the same meetings, all the bankers, because they keep saying the same song. They keep singing the same song. It's called the bucket is full. I don't know why they use that same expression, but they all use it. I'm like, hey, is there another expression? You just know that, hey, the bucket's full. So what's happening <laughs> is that they're wanting to do, you know, uh, 40% down if you want to build a new construction spec home. And uh, when before, literally, like, I know I know some of my clients are builders that they didn't have to bring nothing to build new construction. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, they would have so much meat in the bone between what they're paying for the lot and, and the appraised value of the plans. That the lender would ask him, hey, do you want to bring anything down? We came from this last year to now either the bucket's full or you need to have a long-standing relationship with us mm-hmm. and still bring 40% of the overall cost of the whole thing. So so that's going to slow things down and then it's going to be less inventory. And then with less inventory, demand. So prices are also don't think I'm going to go are going to go down at all or if even much. Because we are going to be seeing less new construction this year. I guarantee you there's going to be less new construction this year than, than last year. Because it's harder for the developers to build. The confidence is low on the build, on the lending side. So the builders, like, maybe they want to build, but, like, it's getting hard. 8% rate also for the builders. You know? Mm-hmm. They're not getting no 5 no 6 whatever. No, 8%. So you do- you know, a lot of the funders, like, they, you know, because of the, it's a percentage of the deposits that the banks could lend out and, one of the things we talk about is always having your having a great board of directors. So working with someone like Michael and his team at Hive, you're going to get connected. Oh yeah, you're not walking into a bank cold. Like he, uh-uh. he has relationships. That's that's the value of. I mean, relationships are everything. Um, I have a question on. We, are you seeing younger or not even younger, but first time home buyers that are coming into Nashville house hacking more uh, with with the no. primary? No, no, I still think that. Uh, the- the young demographic, my my latest younger buyer was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in his mind, the idea of house hacking for a 23-year-old, which is brilliant, is just he's going to get two roommates that are going to, you know, uh, cushion that mortgage payment, you know? So, yeah. yes, that, that that every millennial that I sell a house that's single, they're thinking that's, that's the idea of house hacking. But they're not necessarily like thinking, hey, I'm going to live here for a year, um, do something else, then I'm going to move to the next one. And obviously, I always try to teach and encourage to buy a lot of real estate, especially when you're young. Um, but you know, the, the, the idea of house hacking for for most of my clients that are young are just like, hey, we're going to buy, we're going to get some roommates. Mm-hmm. And Michael, that's so really your understanding is invaluable, right? Does somebody say they wanted to build a new construction? So obviously, there's kind of the we'll call it a trifecta, if you will, with that. So you have material costs maybe coming down. But interest rates are going up. But then, you know, you being in it and actually foreseeing a lot of these projects per se, like in Michigan, for example, we can get materials all day. But if you're doing a new construction, you may be waiting for a garage door for 16 months. So it's little things like that with with your experience is invaluable, right? I mean, literally, it could be the other day, one of my builders say, we're late. I'm like, why? Well, the the lids for the water meters were... The lids for the water meters, you know? Wow. It's like, it's always something or a transformer or a garage door or a microwave trim. I mean, it's it's like, you you just don't, it, it, that has gotten better. And I think a lot of builders have bought materials uh, in advance, windows and things like that, order, whatever. 
if they're pump, pumping out a lot of houses. But yeah, I think honestly, um, not to get political, but I think the government or whoever's in control or whatever measures could be, but it's really hurting affordability for the American people on on this. As nobody kind of wants to talk about it for some reason, but like there are no, uh, there should be programs right now cushioning. Hey, like let's let's cushion it right now. The interests are high. Well, well, there's this program where we can give you your down payment if you have this or whatever to try to get homeowners into houses, you know. But but everybody, the rates are just there, and nobody kind of wants to like say anything about it. Or just everybody's kind of washing their hands, like, well, it's inflation or whatever. Well, there should be more uh, government like programs to be able to help not just minority buyers but any buyers. You know, shoot, I got a friend of mine who's was a police officer in Berry Hill and he couldn't afford a house in, in Nashville. We have to buy something in Murfreesboro for him. You think that's, that's fair? You think that's cool? That's not cool. You know, this dude makes as, as much as he can as a cop and he has to drive half an hour every day to come. You know, it's like the rates are too high and there's not, the inventory is going to get smaller and smaller. That most likely will mean that prices will go up a little bit this year, you know? So I don't know. That's where we are here in the Nashville market. Um, in the regular rental, still kind of similar. You know, the, the performance are not going to look great because of the 7 8% interest rate unless you get the seller to buy the rate down, which is really what we're asking in every offer and, and talking to everybody using mortgage lenders, partners that have programs like that. I'm friends with a lot of mortgage uh, uh, brokers, you know, and uh, good friends. And, and a lot of them want to be exclusive with me. <laughs> You know, hey, what do they say? And I'm like, I can't. I, I'm always going to be looking for who's got the product that my clients are going to benefit. And by my clients, I'm saying the buyers, the agents on the other side, and my developers. How? What's going to help me move those inventories? Because I have a lot of new construction inventory. What's going to help me do that marketing that's going to say, hey, 4.75 fixed for 10 years. Come buy one of these houses. That's appealing. Mm -hmm. if, if, you're, if your objection is the rate, not in the houses that we're selling, you know? So I'm going to go and find out what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Oh, I got this. I got this. I got that. And then I don't care if you're, not, if you're my friend or not, but I'm going to go with whoever gives me the best deal. And then then I'm going to use that for that particular deal, you know? Right. So same with bankers. I have a great uh, private money lender. His name is Steve Afra. Look him up. This dude, his new construction private money lending business went up 60%. Since the banks are, the bucket's full, his bucket is not full. So yeah, you're paying maybe 10, 12% interest rate and two points or whatever. But hey, if you're a builder and you want to build, you still want to build and best say no, you got to find a way. But you find somebody that knows somebody. And in Nashville, I'm that guy. I also know the best CPA for real estate, Chris Peculia right there. Okay. I know, I know it. I know the best that everybody, builders, bankers, lenders, home inspectors, appraisals, like you tell me, you come, and here are engineers, uh, um, surveyors, you know, whatever you need, you know, you need, you need to pay somebody off at Metro coast. No, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Well, you know, being resourceful, you got to do it. <laughs> I, I have one more market question and then we are going to wrap this up with our, our, with our rapid fire guest questions that have nothing to do with the Nashville market. But right. my last question is, and I know you do a lot of new development. We know that there's some very expensive markets, mature markets, let's, you know, Williamson County and look at where Spring Hill has come and, and you've got lots of different places, but are, are, there, are there two, one, two or three places that there's more opportunity, especially for that, that person entering the Nashville market that you're seeing and maybe 
that you would, uh, I'm not going to say a hidden gem, but somewhere where you might, you might recommend they oh, yeah. consider. I have a hidden gem. The name is Columbia, Tennessee. Now, Columbia, Tennessee used to be cheaper than what it is right now, but still you can find a little bit of land. You can find a home that's like really nice in 350s and stuff like that. You're 50 minutes from downtown Nashville. So if you want to commute, you know that you're going to have to commute. Uh, but man, it is like small town USA. It's got most beautiful downtown coffee shops, a music, really cool music venue. It's got a brewery. It's got, uh, you know, churches. It's got everything. It's got is vibrant. It's growing. I think it's going to be the next Franklin in, in a decade. I, I, I see Columbia, Tennessee, like not being like a hidden gem or cheap. Like um, it's a beautiful little town. I love it. I invest in it. Um, and um, yeah, I think Columbia, Tennessee is like a hidden gem. Uh, really good. Uh, a couple of good private schools. Uh, even the regular schools are great too. Uh, nothing kind of really happens in Colombia. The only complaints on Facebook is like there, there's a new public coming, something like that. You know, that's right. Drama. It's like a small town drama. You know, like the public, the 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 waffle, the new waffle. Why why are we getting a new waffle house over there? You know? <laughs> I just hope they have pickleball courts, but that's a whole nother episode. We won't yeah, go in there. To you. I am telling my builder developers that they should be including pickleballs like in in their site plans. You know? oh. Let's see who's gonna listen. Who's going to be the first one? Well, if they're smart, they will. We know in our, the community I live in, we have six dedicated pickleball courts. And I'm not kidding you. I've met people that are like, well, I moved here. It was a little more money because I could play pickleball whenever I want. And we have a community of 150 to 200 play, active players. It's 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 the new golf. It's the new tennis, in my opinion. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a ping pong guy. But, you know, the other day also, like, you know, we're in April, uh, past March. Everybody kept talking about some bracket. Some bracket. I'm Dominican. I'm like, what the heck is a bracket? And why are people crying about the bracket? Like, <laughs> I was like, I seen your post on Facebook. Somebody broke a bracket. I'm like, what? Like a tax bracket? I don't want to know about that. <laughs> bracket, tax bracket. What are we talking about here? Your post was hilarious on social. I can all right, my followers entertain on that. Dude, it was it was great. And before we release uh, Mr. Pakira here on your rapid fire questions, which I never know what's going to come out of his mouth, so I apologize before that. Uh, I'm ready. Give us a quick little, I mean, tell us a little bit about the show you guys did on HGTV. I mean, I know that was, it was, was it flipping showdown? So if I remember it was fixed budget, fixed timeline, and you guys do renovations. So yeah, how'd that go? Well, um, somehow, you know, I got it. I got a message via Instagram. Of course, I'm like, yeah, right. You know, this is a couple of years ago. It's like, oh yeah, I'm casting for a show for HGTV, renovating houses. And I'm like, sure, give me a call if you want. Cause you know, people like send messages for random crap, you know? But it turned to be a legit like casting uh, director for he did like Big Brother and a few of the shows and um, and then so he said no we, we really like what you're doing and I and immediately I told him listen let me tell you something my son my 11 year old son has called me the unhandy man meaning I am not handy I don't pick up a hammer I'm always like telling my wife to fix crap around the house or I call somebody that I'm really good I have a particular set of skills and I can <laughs> call somebody and they come and fix it really good. I spent a little bit of money and I did do a good job. I even paid him a little bit extra. So I told the HTV people, I'm like, listen, I'm not that guy that's going to come on MacGyver like a couch and make it into a door. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And they said, no, that's okay. And I said, oh, if my, if my wife comes, I'll look into it. And they said, all right, well, they interviewed Austin like a thousand people and got us selected to go to Georgia and, and film this show for four months, flipping three houses, com uh, competition style. And it was awesome. Really good experience. I don't know that I would do it again. It's still very time consuming. And I obviously have a lot of businesses and properties and 
You know, we sell a lot of real estate and I now have 25 agents that I'm overseeing as a broker also. So, you know, I, I don't know, it's a lot of time, but it was really cool. And my wife launched a design firm after that. And then we launched a renovation, new construction company that's doing really well here. It's called Nashville Renovator. So if you need to renovate a bathroom, kitchen, deck or whatever, or build a house from scratch, uh, you give us a call and we'll take care of it. And I did that because I got burned so many times by contractors that I was just like, and then my best contractor who's one of my best friends eventually one day hey say hey i'm just gonna do my own flips i don't want to work for anybody so i lost my main guy and i was like okay what am i gonna do so i partnered up with a guy that i really trusted and is a master builder and i told him hey this is probably gonna suck but let's go let's go and and, and get this thing going and learn how to do this thing and and raise up this company from the get-go so it's doing really well we're building over 12 houses right now uh some of them are ours but most of them for other people and renovating things that, you know, it's just really good work in those systems. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Michael, for sharing that too. I know that's going to be one heck of an experience. So well, yeah. without further ado, speaking of showdowns, I know, sure. I know Chris is itching over here to ask you. So Lord have mercy. Right. <laughs> Bring it. All right. Our rapid fire. I stole this from my son's podcast. Are you a dog or cat person? Dog. Uh, what's your favorite cereal? Uh, uh, Frankenberry, like this is a really weird Frankenberry. It only comes in Halloween, but that's my favorite cereal. Or Cinnamon Toast, toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's yeah, a good but one, but I, eating it dry, then it gets all over your fingers. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, I'm a big cereal kind of sore. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person alive or passed away, who would it be? Oh, that's very interesting. Um, my, my father. My father passed away when I was eight. So I would want to have uh, dinner with him. Just say what's up, old man. <laughs> um, your favorite color? Favorite color is black because it just goes with everything. Awesome. Good, some good fashion. Hey, at least it didn't say clear. I would have been a, a smart, you know, well, sort of clear to you. I, last question. What is your ideal weekend? Ideal weekend is one where I get time for myself. Um, I get to go get my haircut, go to the gym, go to the steam room, um, veg out for a little bit, play some guitar. And then I also spend time with my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm not say saying that order, but that for me is an ideal weekend where I spend some time on myself, uh, some self-love, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I also spend time with my, my wife and my kids doing some, some kind of really cool activity or something like that. That is my, my ideal uh, weekend. It's not grinding like, um hustling like like when i was you know 10 years ago you know the hustle on the grind has brag has changed to like hey i get to do this with my family old and then this, that's the brag now when i get together with my peers it's like we don't talk about how many deals we've done this year anymore we're like and i got to do this and i got to do this or you're buying something in gatlinburg that's going to be an investment but that you can go with your family so it's weird exactly. we look right now so priorities change and 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 uh and I'm not saying the hustle and the grind are bad. They're probably necessary. Maybe I wouldn't be here if I had not done that nonstop, you know? But it took me a decade to take a day off a week. So, so chew on that, okay? If I would be able to do it all over again, maybe I would have taken that day off earlier. And and I was probably still would have been doing doing okay, you know? But I, but being uh, in real estate, you think you have to be on 24-7 because you're commission-based. And if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So you have to come to terms saying, I'm not going to sell every house. I'm not going to pick up every buyer. Some people are not even going to want to work with me. And that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to just take a day off. The world's not going to end. You're still going to make money if you're good. And your developers, people that you work with, they'll probably respect you even more if you tell them, hey, unless you really, really, really need me, Saturday is my day off. Mm-hmm. Just be mindful. I'm not saying no, don't call me. I probably I might still pick it up and I'll tell you, hey, I'm doing this. But, right. but unless it's urgent, kind of like don't call me. Mm-hmm. And they respect it. And they're like, you know what? That's great. I think that's getting that balance is, is mm-hmm. very good. So, well, Michael, you could check him out on Instagram, Michael Gomez Broker. Yeah. Awesome posts, awesome content. You'll see links to his businesses, his brokerage. Um, now, not only can you purchase a property, they can manage it for you. And when That's you want nice. to inspect the property, they'll pick you up. They've got a transportation company. Yeah. They'll get you at the BNA airport and they'll bring you over. <laughs> That's right. That's, as a matter of a couple sure drinks on Broadway and want to dance around like a tourist, they'll bring you back to your place. Talk about going yeah. full circle, literally. But awesome, Chris. Well, thank you again, Mr. Pakiro, for joining me. Michael, thanks for joining us for the conversation, man. We- oh, I love it. Thank you guys for the opportunity. And uh, thank you for uh, everybody for listening to this wonderful absolutely we got all the links for all your all your entities in there we'll drop them in the show notes um if there's any questions that you guys may want to ask mike shoot them over to us we'll shoot them over to him and see if we can harass him a little bit that's but, right oh. if you hit me up i i always pick up the phone if you can find my phone i'll pick it up as long as it's not saturday if that really is your it's day saturday. No, that's gonna do. Or drop them in our that defeating taxes private facebook group defeatingtaxes.com we will get them to michael uh and We hope you have a great rest of the day. And we will see everybody next week as always. Thank you so much for joining us. All righty. Hey, everybody. John Trapolsky here from the Teaching Tax Flow team. Again, just wanted to thank you for tuning into the show with us. We obviously love doing these. The guests we have are so fantastic. Um, They bring a lot of energy, a lot of experience to the show. Really helps us out. Um, Obviously, the topics that we do on this, as we mention all the time, um, are really come from you. So they they come from our social media followers. They come from our clients, our members, really everybody that we come in contact with. So if you have a show topic idea, please let us know on that Defeating Taxes private Facebook page. Again, this is your invite, your personal invite to join the page. Go on Facebook, search Defeating Taxes, pops right up, or go to DefeatingTaxes.com. Go to that group. We'll let you in. It's okay. You can come sit with us. Um, But besides that, we have a lot of exciting things in the works under the teaching taxable umbrella as far as for our ecosystem goes, the lessons that we have within our system uh, for our members as well as the a la carte options. If you're interested in just one or two lessons on the fly, you can also purchase those at a very low cost for really the price of a couple cups of coffee. Um, but check those out. So go to teachingtaxflow.com backslash store if you're interested in a membership or, and that's an all access membership. So you have access to everything that we do. Or if you're interested in just a few of those lessons, check them out as well as feel free to contact us, whether that's through our social media channels or just shoot us an email at hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Until then, we look forward to seeing everybody very soon. Thank you as always.